As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, All Summer Rounds of Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. It's officially the NFL offseason with the Combine next week, free agency set for March 15th, and the NFL draft just two months away. Is I, Rob Paula, a.k.a. the new agent demanding that Daniel Jones be paid at least $50 million a season for my 10% commission fee. And joining me as always is AJ. Will Levis's stock gets higher as we get further from real football, Marchese. Levis would go number one in any class, Rob. Today we're going to take a spin on the NFL coaching carousel and break down how franchises with new faces at the helm will be building moving forward. That's it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out to Casey, maybe. Looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's going to wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's going to put ketchup on a stick? Who's going to find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink's a not-so-newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not-sports. They're here to help us grow and to love your favorite team. A rising tide sometimes lifts boats, sometimes it sinks them. So go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you open the door and welcome us into your home, more specifically into your ears, because this is seven rounds in heaven where the draft starts. It doesn't start in Mobile, starts on the internet mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to pioneers like walter football <laughs> you know rob i always say that the draft starts at the nfl coaching carousel i've never heard you say that before oh you guess you i guess you don't talk to me enough i'll start sending you my uh, daily emails uh, I, I get the ones where it says the draft starts at the hula bowl mm-hmm. that too that too oh, but hey here's a question for you we're a draft show. Are we an NFL draft show, or do we break down today's USFL draft? We can talk a little uh, USFL. Like, we'll stick around after the show. We'll we'll do that later. The the highlight of the USFL draft, uh, which was ten rounds, by the way, um, <laughs> ten rounds in heaven, was uh, the the fifth overall pick being Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati, who's like a, a top sixty lock in the NFL draft. In I guess whoever's in charge of the New Orleans Breakers just was shooting for the stars. Do you see they also took uh, Keaton Mitchell? 
Yeah, I did. Yeah, the, the Breakers know what they're doing. They got a good eye for talent. And, and Birmingham took Kadeem Telford, keep him in town. That's a good. That was a smart pick. That's a pick of the draft. But realistically, the smartest picks were what the Maulers of Pittsburgh and the Gamblers of Houston did, going Lindsey Scott and Chase Bryce back to back at two and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 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 scrolling through this right now. There's like way too. Please don't. Way too many. No, but it's terrible because we know who like ninety percent of these players are. Uh, last comment is that Chase Bryce is gambler ridden all over him. I love that pick. You're right. Pick of the draft. He's he's gonna lead the USFL in, in passing yards. Oh yeah, sure. guaranteed. Um, I mean, like Darius Davis went to Birmingham. Really, really took a took some swings in terms of guys who are gonna be in training camps in the NFL, but like potentially guys who will go to the USFL. <laughs> gotta respect that. Do you think? Oh, sorry, my Maulers got Isaiah Land. Yeah, I saw that one. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Oh, my God. The Breakers did it again. They took Isaiah Moore, the NC State linebacker, who was, uh, like, coming out of the Shrine Bowl, like, everyone was loving, like, probably a top 200 pick. Well, not anymore, because he'll be in the USFL. Love this. I'm, I'm in too deep. Do you think we'll ever see a USFL-XFL crossover, like, Super Bowl game? Yeah, when the Breakers play the Vipers. Mm-hmm. Guess what? The, the Breakers drafted Dante Stills, too. The Breakers only drafted like legitimate NFL draft prospects. That's sick. Uh, the Breakers know what they're they got a good eye. Do you think that they're just like, oh, why are these guys getting taken? <laughs> they're <Probably>. good. <laughs> oh, Grant DeBose to Birmingham. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Anyways, let's please move on. Trey Shropshire to Memphis. Shropshire would lead, oh my God. Would lead oh, the league. New Orleans, New Orleans got Jake Bobo. The Breakers, the Breakers are swinging for it. I love it. Anyways. I think the, I think the uh, Breakers are my team now. What if I told you the Gamblers got your your boy Jason Taylor, uh, the Oklahoma State safety lead? Yeah, he'd be too damn good. The the Renegade, um, Renegades versus uh, Gamblers, XFL USFL Super Bowl is gonna be an elite game. I'm, I'm ready to give you my USFL draft grades. Uh, a plus to the Breakers mm-hmm. and and an A to the Birmingham Stallions who didn't go as hardcore with NFL draft prospects as as the Breakers, but like took a bunch of guys who are going to be priority NFL free agents. We are we are spending way too long on this. I, I, to me, it's more interesting than the NFL head coaching. Starts <laughs> talking about Jonathan Gannon. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, can I? I think the the coaching carousel this year is kind of underwhelming as a whole. Rob, I'll be honest about it. Really, I think it's overwhelming. You just oh, is that why you're trying to like not get onto the subject? Yeah, I yeah. can't handle this. <laughs> um, I I thought it, like. Looking at it, there was a lot of coaches um, outside of the obvious two that ha- have not actually been in the NFL all that long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. of, of, I think, what, there's five head coaching hires. Three of them are relatively new coordinators um, with uh, Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steik, and D'Amico Ryans, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. Uh, and then, obviously, just going back to the well of Frank Reich and Sean Payton with the other two. Yeah, that is interesting, and I mean, we, we don't know how it's going to play out yet, but we're going to tell you with our grades. Um, and we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals, who didn't only hire a head coach, but a GM, uh, by going with Monty Awesomeport from uh, the Titans, who he was the director of player personnel uh, the last couple of years. Before that, he was a long-time Patriots front office guy. 
so they hired him. He brought in Jonathan Gannon, who apparently has a good relationship with, who Gannon was obviously the Eagles DC the last two years before that, the Colts DB coach. Um, really, he's only been in the NFL for a bit, like 14 years. Uh, maybe a little longer than that. Um, I thought this was the most underwhelming head coaching hire. And it's, it's hard to gauge a GM. It is. It definitely is. And I think the Cardinals were smart. It looks like they're retaining Adrian Wilson as VP of Pro Personnel and Quentin Harris as VP of Player Personnel. Um, so strong right-hand men in the uh, front office with Austin Ford. But I don't know. This seems strange, and the coordinator hires made it even weirder. Yeah, on the Austin Fort front, you're right. It's hard to it's hard to judge a GM, but like it's never, I don't know, super optimistic when it's a guy that's coming from a team who fired their GM this year and he didn't even get looked at. As far as we know, I mean, but like, why would he? You know what I mean? Just just passed on over, heading to Arizona. So that's weird. Um, Jonathan Gannon. I I don't I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he seems like a, a good meme, which is great. Looking looking like Logan Roy, which is fun. But then yeah, getting two coordinators that are, you know, he's only 40 years old. Both of his coordinators are younger than him. Uh the DC Nick Rallis coming over alongside of him for, with the Eagles as their LB coach. He's only 29. And like like that one I can get behind a little bit because you know, like apparently lots of teams ran on him blah blah blah, but you know, you're you're a defensive guy, you bring in this guy you've been working with as, you know, on your defensive staff. Trying to groom him, you know, like that, that that I can get behind. It's not as funky. But going with a first-time coordinator at OC, Drew Petzig from the Browns, uh, who was their quarterback coach, like that that yeah. seems very, very, very risky. I'm, I'm with you in that because obviously, like you said, Nick Rallis is a, a young, hot name in the business, even though he's only really been in the NFL since 2018. But mm-hmm. when it your head coach is the defensive guy, you're like, okay, that makes sense. Now go out and hire a very experienced offensive coordinator. Yeah, but they, but they 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 go with a guy who yeah he was him and Gannon overlapped um, when Gannon was the Vikings assistant assistant DB coach. Uh, Petzing was there as an offensive assistant, but for the most part, like we don't know anything about Drew Petzing. I mean, he seemingly did a good job with Jacoby Brissett, which. Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder if this could be a landing spot for Jacoby Brissett, right? Uh, he's a free agent. Kyler's going to be out for the first bit of the season. Brissett, one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL, so it makes you think. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good spot. Do you think they hired him just to lure Jacoby over? Yo, big time. <laughs> I, I mean, I would have. Um, but yeah, so with with, with the Gannon Osen for uh, front, like at least they're aligned. You like when the new GM hires his mm-hmm. head coach. So there's a positive. And, and it's weird to only have one this cycle of the of the lining up there. Um, yeah, for real. And they have a lot of draft ammo. They have eight picks, uh, including two projected uh, compensatory picks. Obviously, we won't know for sure uh, for a little bit. But four of which will be top 100 picks, obviously the third overall pick. And with Gannon coming over from Philly, where all they have is kind of dogs putting their ear back, ears back and, and rushing the passer, and and they're so built on defensive line talent. Austin for coming over from both the Patriots and Titans, where we obviously have both, both those programs have kind of similar alignment in the way they prior, prioritize defensive linemen especially versatile defensive linemen. Yeah. 
let me throw an idea at you with that third overall pick. Let's assume Jay, either two if okay if the Bears trade the one, the first two picks will be quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. If Jalen Carter's there, I think they're taking him third overall. Me too. Um, especially again with Gannon coming over, where he had Fletcher Cox, he had Javon Hargrave. Uh, but let's say Carter goes one, they're sitting there at three. Uh, now, I have Will Anderson above Tyree Wilson, but, we, I mean, we saw Daniel Jeremiah's new mom mm-hmm. today. He, he had Tyree Wilson go ahead of Will Anderson. Um, my my question is, like, stylistically, Tyree Wilson does align more with what New England would favor in an true. edge rusher than Will Anderson would. Yeah. Now, uh, again, the, and the thing is, like, Right now, my big board looks like one, Jalen Carter, two, Will Anderson, three, Tyree Wilson. It's not the craziest thought in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I just want I, to pitch that out to you. Like, you no, know. no, no. I saw that, and I thought it was interesting. Um, and, yeah, I mean, for a team like they have this, like, well, they have, like, you know, like, my G. Sanders is already, like, you know, the smaller end pass rusher, pass rusher and, like, he'll probably, you know, Play more off the ball, like not off the ball, but like, you know, like just just standing up and stuff in the in the in the Rallis defense, baby. Um, but like, no, I think that's interesting. He'll, get, he'll be he'll be the Hassan Reddick. There will. you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, like getting a guy that like not not that Will Anderson can't, but a bigger body dude that that can be more versatile on the front. Um, I think that's interesting. I I lean towards it not happening, but I think it's a possibility, and I didn't realize. You know, I think that's a good call from both you and Daniel Jeremiah. <laughs> Personally, like I, I still think it's it, it, it would be Will Anderson if Jalen Carter's off the board. But me too. I mean, it, do, it does it does make some sense to at least think about it. Yeah, just it given does. Given where Austinford and Gannon have come from, mm-hmm. where in Philly um, they they have all these different types of bodies yeah. on the defensive line, and that's what makes it so special. So it, it's really interesting. I'm just kind of circling back to Gannon, I, I am as, as memeable as he seems and as horrendous of a situation this this could turn out to be, um, I am kind of excited to see how the, the Cardinals' defense kind of takes shape under him and Nick Rallis, um, mainly because there are players on that defense. Like there, per, yeah, there are there are pieces. I, I, feel, I don't feel great as a Kyler Murray fan about any of this, mm, but mm, like, no. if if that third pick is Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, or Kyrie Wilson, and then you, again you factor in like you saw some flashes from MyJ Sanders at times last year, um, you saw some flashes from from Zayvon Collins, um, you 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 saw some flashes from Isaiah Simmons, right? And like yeah. the secondary is not bad. I mean, Byron yeah. Murphy's a free agent, but. There are pieces, and it's it's going to be interesting. I, at bare minimum, I, it kind of goes back to to what we hope for bad teams in the NFL draft. Just make this team more watchable. And I think Gannon, whether it's for good or bad, makes this team more watchable because it's going to either turn into a complete shit show right off the bat and be like really hilarious and memeable, or they're going to have a dog with that third overall pick and some pieces on this defense, and it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, no, I, that's fair. I I lean towards the shit show, and I don't oh, know. It's just oh, yeah. it, it's just bad vibes coming out already. Um, I feel like I'd feel a lot better about this if they did go and get that more experienced OC, though. Like I think that was the big, yeah. 
like I'm not questioning Gannon's defensive prowess. You know, like he did a good job with that 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 defense. Not again, but like he still wouldn't have been like you know my top pick. Even if you had him like packaged with this, like okay, I'm gonna bring this OC that's been there and, and done it for years and years. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't see this being a long term solution in, in Arizona. But you're right. If they go and get one of those three defensive players, um, Gannon say say Gannon does get this defense turned around quickly. Guess those like you know they've drafted a lot of defense and it just feels like they haven't played them right. So if he gets them in the right spot, and Kyler Murray like like Gannon says is that franchise quarterback, that's why he took the job. Um, not that I'm downing it's not. I just want just thought it was so funny. Um, yeah, I mean maybe maybe he does turn around, but I, I tend to say he doesn't. I mean, also I think it's worth noting. Obviously, fans don't know everything, but when a mm-hmm. fan base isn't that sad about losing. The defensive coordinator after making a super yeah. run, yeah, I think that does say something. And again, I don't want to put it all on the Super Bowl performance because it's one game against the best offensive mind in the NFL of the last twenty years and the best quarterback talent wise we've we've ever seen. Um, but I mean, it's a, the Eagles did play a very bend don't break type of defense under Gannon, mm-hmm. and they had players all over the place on that defense, yeah. right? Like, that, that, that is pro- probably on paper the most talented defense in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. And deep. Deep as hell. Um, so, yeah, I, I do, like, again, I'm not trying to discredit them too much, but I do I do lend to the personnel over the uh, over the position. And we come back to the old, or the, the new look of it, but the old now that is hiring defensive dudes kind of passe now. And... Unless it's that really, you know, like that really CEO-minded guy, and I'm not saying Gannon isn't, because again, he he might be a he might be a one of the Roy the lost Roy brother, but um, <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know I don't I tend to think it's not. Anyways, grade it, grade it. Uh, I also just want to say if, if they go third third overall, you assume that they stick and pick. It's going to be one of those top defensive guys I, at 34. I, I just hope to God they go offensive line for Kyler's sake. I hope so um, too. I feel like it's going to be a defensive heavy draft, though. I, I think you can keep looking at that. Just like Kyler stood at the whole year, then uh, uh, I give it a D. I, I give it a five out of ten. Very cool. Very cool. None of that matters. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, it's going to go on the Instagram shit. graphic, so it's cool. You want to shift over to the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, let's shift. Let's shift. Let's keep pounding, baby. Where we have a, another former Eagles uh, coordinator. Yeah, taking the reins. Um, Frank Reich takes over as the Panthers head coach. Obviously, GM Scott Fitter uh, has been there since twenty twenty one. After spending nearly two decades in the Seahawks front office, congratulations, AJ. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think. Obviously, just given the Steve Wilkes situation, like the the first instinct was, oh, that's kind of lame. Like Steve yeah. Wilkes did such a good job, no doubt. Yeah. But at the same time, I think going from Matt Rule to Frank Reich uh, is just in terms of being a professional football team is is a big time upgrade. I, I think Frank Reich knows how to at least get a team to play 500 football um and Mm -hmm. do do it with with a a carousel of quarterbacks uh he went 40 and 33 as the Colts head coach every year starting a different quarterback pretty much um but what really i think hits the home run with this is is the way he filled out the staff 
Yeah, I totally agree. Like when I was first Frank Reich, I, I think I've been a little bit lower on Frank Reich than you. Um, not not saying he's a bad coach or anything, but I was like, eh, kind of you know, makes sense, but isn't isn't exciting. But then he really filled out the staff so beautifully, and and um, yeah, I mean, like the guys he he was able to poach, like not just the OC and the DC, like just he, they did a hell of a job recruiting and. Speaking of former Eagles, it, to me, this feels a lot like Doug Peterson going to join to Jacksonville last year, except probably a more exciting staff around him. Yeah, no, I, th- I think so. I, I mean, the Ajiro Evero hires DC is just pretty much yeah. as good as it gets. Yeah. Not only are you hiring one of the best young defensive minds, but like what he did with that Broncos defense in his lone year as their coordinator last year, given the shit show around him, was so yeah. impressive. Absolutely. And, and, and before that, he was he was just another great Sean McVay disciple, right? He was with the Rams, yeah. Um, coaching safeties in the secondary, and then the OC. You're just going back to the McVay well too. Thomas Brown, whose name has kind of been popping up the last couple of years. He was the Rams assistant head coach the last two years. He coached running backs and tight ends for McVay. Like both of those are seem like such strong coordinator hires. Um, and and hey, both the Cardinals. And the Panthers are retaining the special teams coordinator. So. <laughs> also, also, like both coordinators, very young dudes. You know, Brown's thirty-five, Everett was forty-two. Not saying that Frank Reich isn't you know a forward-thinking coach or anything, but it, it's nice to have that infusion of, of youth there with the staff. And yeah, I like that a and, lot. And even the way he filled out the uh, the other yeah. positions on the staff, like. Deuce Staley is your assistant head coach and running backs coach. That's one of the best in the biz. I have no um, idea how he poached Deuce like that. That's Deuce must love Frank Reich or something, or yeah. just love love the love the Carolinas. Um, bringing in Parks Frazier as your passing game coordinator after he's forced to call plays for Jeff Saturday <laughs> in a bad situation. H- hiring Josh McCowan as your QB coach, I, I like. I think that's interesting at least. Well, he'll be a head coach uh, next year, so that's just a one year thing. And then it, it, it's a cool mix of, like, young names you know, like Parker's, Parks Frazier, Josh McCown, and, like, proven veteran coaches like Deuce Staley, like Sean Jefferson as your receivers coach, Todd Wash as your D-line coach. Yeah. And then in senior assistant roles, you have Jim Caldwell and Dom Capers. Yeah. Like that – like Dom Capers, he, you know, you say what you want about Dom Capers, but he's been there and done that. And, and Jim Caldwell, like, that's just, like – that's just the cherry on the top. Like – like I just like just to say like the Cardinals landing someone like Jim Caldwell would make so much more sense like like, like they should have like you know gone all out and tried to land someone like that but instead a guy like Frank Reich who like you know has has been in the league for so long uh, just having the, another mind like Jim Caldwell is so uh, just so impressive and funnily enough they also hired D'Angelo Hall as yeah. the TB coach so he'll no <laughs> longer be on NFL Network I guess they poached him from the NFL Network that's fun I feel like D'Angelo Hall's always got that like great energy I feel like he like that's just another you know another aspect to bring to this team it it really is a hell of a staff in, in another team with some uh, picks uh, to kind of bolster a roster that's a little all over the place they have yeah. draft picks um, four in the top 100, including the ninth overall pick. Obviously, quarterback's the big question, uh, not just because Sam Darnold's a free agent, um, but trying to move up from nine into the range to get one of these quarterbacks, one of these four quarterbacks, will be really interesting. And I think, to me, the guy who makes the most sense to Frank Reich is C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I kind fully of, agree. 
right that rhythm pocket passer with yep. deadly accuracy um and, and i hope that happens because i think it'd be really fun if if they can't get up into that quarterback range though because I, I i just really don't think anyone's falling to them at nine um do what 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 direction do you think they would go under Scott Fitter and Frank Reich. I don't know. I think that's a good question. I, I do think, I do think they're gonna be super aggressive going at uh, after that quarterback. Um, if one of them do fall into their laps, uh, I think that'd be, you know, no doubt pick. Um, I don't know. I think I think at that point it's just let's just wait and see what we got because it's like, I think they definitely need more playmakers on offense, just not outside the quarterback position too. But this isn't really the draft or the, or that spot to do it. Um, I don't know. That's kind of like a funky spot. Um, trade, like, trade back potentially, yeah. But like then, you know, we're we're so it's so wide open at that point. Um, I will say like the, the defense. I mean, two years ago, this looked like it was going to be the next really strong up and coming defense, and the pieces are still there, but they've kind of it, it slipped a bit. But I think this defense can quickly regain it, so that that momentum. Um, they, you know, they, under they under Evero pieces, they do. Yeah, JC Horn had a fantastic year. Uh, you know, like there's. Uh, I still Derek, love Jeremy Chin. Derek Brown. Derek is Brown was good. incredible. Yeah. Brian Burns. Like Brian they Burns. have they have pieces. Um. Yeah. So I I I tend to think that like if they don't like I think Frank Reich's going to be super aggressive and trying to get his quarterback because he never got that in Indy. Um, if not though, I think why not just go and keep adding to this defense where you can. This is more of a defensive heavy draft in general. I feel like. Um, so why not just go and add because there's not they're not far away. From being a really, really strong defense, especially with uh, Evero coming in. Um, I will say, uh, in Frank Reich's tenure, you know who the first first round pick of his tenure with the Colts was? Mm, who? A guard by the name of Quentin Nelson. So oh let's yeah. Say, right. Let's say Peter Skaronsky's there at nine. I, I want. I mean, that makes sense. It's not a bad consolation prize plugging him in next to Iki Aquanu, who yep. had some bright flashes as a rookie, and you got the left yep. side of your line figured out. Um, yep. They also pick again at 39, um, where I, I think you can, because of because of the receiver class in yeah. the defense, I think that's a, that, that's a good spot to maybe add another playmaker to help DJ Moore out or... Or again, like you said, just add some dogs to that defense. Yeah, I, that's a great spot for wide receiver, or like potentially finding your other corner opposite Horn. Um, either either direction, I think, makes a lot of sense there. Um, and, and then they they pick again at sixty one ninety three. Like you, there's a there's a playmaker to be had within those four picks. Uh, they also again they have the, I think the firepower if they can find the team to trade with to move yeah. up for. Yeah, I would think it would be CJ Stroud. It's just. Trying to convince one of those teams up there to move back so far that they're not getting, mm-hmm. like I think that the appeal of trading with the Colts is you can you can or or even the Cardinals, uh, like you could still be in that range for the premier defender. Yeah, exactly, and it feels like after that that pick, it's like it just the draft is very like similar in, in terms of talent for the next. I don't know, 20 picks maybe, 15 picks, 10 picks at least. Uh, I ended up giving this an A just because I not a, I'm, I am a little biased. I do like Frank Reich a lot. But I, I just think the the coordinator hires, the way he filled out his staff, 
um, it's just going to look like a much more prepared football team than it did yeah. under Matt Rule. Yeah, I totally agree. It feels like um, it's just a smart turning point for this franchise. I, I give it a nine out of ten as well. I I will say Scott Fritter, uh, his he still remains to be seen. He, he needs to put together a very strong draft. I feel like. Well, it just seems confusing because obviously he was hired after Matt Rule was hired. Yeah, it's it's always hard to gauge kind of how how who who's got the most power in the room. Definitely. Uh, in this room, it's David Tepper, who I think might have uh, his hand a little too, too much on the scale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, it looks like they 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 made the right move, uh, head coaching wise, for the time being. I think At so least too. To get themselves to the to a competent level, but yeah, yeah. I, again, it's all going to be dependent on what happens with this quarterback position. Agreed. Like, hey, like maybe this is the team who just signs Jacoby Brissett, and like they're happy rolling with him next year. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, again, like why why not you know build around it and then get your quarterback next year if you, if you if you can't get up or if it's too pricey to get up, you know. I th- I think I'll be arguing uh, for every new head coach. To sign Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> oh, the next team for sure. Uh, yeah, so on to the Denver Broncos we go, who, unlike uh, every other staff, have not hired their coordinators yet. Um, what are they waiting for? Like, what is going on? But Rex Ryan's got to do get up tomorrow morning. <laughs> I think, first of all, if, if they if they land Rex, they go with 10 and 10 for me personally, but yeah. Okay, so obviously Sean Payton's taking over the Broncos. Uh, he has not hired an OC. He has not hired a DC. Um, he has hired a special teams coordinator. It's Ben Kotwicka, who uh, is a Mike Westoff uh, disciple. And he's hired Mike Westoff out of retirement to be his assistant head coach, who, uh, as many know, is the old animated special teams coach from the Jets. Uh, he's hired former player Zach Streif as his O-line coach. Um it's 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 weird because it feels like George Payton's gonna be just fired next year probably. Who's done a very very good job of drafting? I he, mean, he he he's no his this past draft is I, I know. know he he had one, that, one good rookie a, group. It, it hasn't aged to the best. I don't like. I think the team was just such a disaster this year that like it's hard to really shit on George Payton and I don't know like. The team just made such a such a bad misstep last year going to Nathaniel Hackett, and you could tell from the start. I mean, I, I still I still think Payton's got should, something there. But should should we not uh, ding Payton for hiring uh, for hiring the man who shall not be named? <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess. Um, okay, with Sean Payton um, in a vacuum, I don't even know how I feel about Payton in this. Like, okay, is it just isn't it weird that like. You know, you're hiring a coach who was not coaching football last year. You would think, like, he had, like, this big plan to, like, okay, this is going to be my OC. You know, I'm, I'm bringing him over from New Orleans. This is the guy. This is my D. Like, you know what I mean? Doesn't it feel like it should have been all put together already? And the especially, fact that it isn't, like, scares me. Especially it's not just you signed him off the streets, right? Off of the yeah. or where was he, Fox, CBS, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. but you've traded a first and a second round pick for him. Yeah. So I, I think that only further supports, like if they're committing that much to him, you'd think he, that there'd be some very well thought out plan. Like, I don't know. 
It, like, uh, at least Mike McCarthy got his PFF subscription this year off, right? Like, what did Sean Payton do? I don't know. Uh, but uh, ultimately, Sean Payton is one of the most successful coaches the last 20 years. He has a Super Bowl ring. He won 152-89 yep. with the Saints. Yep. He is undeniably one of the best head coaches in football. But I, 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 it is, that, that's a good point. I mean, regardless of how we feel about Sean Payton, you're, like, nothing matters. Russell Wilson's the elephant in the room. Like, yeah. if he's going to play the way he played last year, like, as great as Sean Payton is, I, I don't think he can overcome that. Maybe he's looking ahead to the year after. Maybe they get out of the Russell Wilson contract. But for now, uh, it's it's hard to gauge just because no coordinators. Probably yeah. Rex Ryan's going to be his DC. Which again, go, says, that's a 10 out of 10. That's where I go with that. Well, what I was going to say to you, this is the perfect team for hard knocks. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it really right? is. Yep. Sean Payton, Rex Ryan, Mike Westoff, Russell Wilson... Uh, probably a bunch of players who hate Russell Wilson. I feel like I feel like the Penner family would just give HBO some fuck off money though. I don't think they want it. I don't know. I feel like the Penner family doesn't realize what they've got. They'd be like, "Oh, great publicity." Maybe, maybe. I mean, I tend to believe this isn't going to work out. I know Sean Payton's had an awesome track record. This feels like I don't know. This feels like like a very like '90s, early 2000s style of NFL coaching move. It feels like something we haven't seen in a while. I don't know why. Like, we haven't seen a coach trade in a long time, so maybe that's why. It's just, I, I don't think he's going to recapture the magic. I just, it's too so, much going on there. And it's not a promising start. I don't know. I I, th- I think this year is going to be a disappointment. I think they're going to build to being like, like, let's say, let's say Sean Payton ends up spending six years in Denver. Yeah. Let's see, like, three playoff berths. Like, He's trying, like he's doing everything he absolutely can to pull this this team up, but just the situation he's already walked into is so tough already. Yeah, I I, I don't I, think I, I'm as optimistic as you are, but like that makes I, sense because he's done it so many times. It's, it, it, AJ, it's also worth noting, like this team doesn't have a lot of quality draft picks, right? Like yeah. the last two teams we talked about both had top ten picks. Yeah, the first Broncos pick is sixty eight. Their next one's 69, and they don't have another pick on day two. Like, it's... Like, how, how big an impact player are you adding at those picks? Maybe they'll try to attack free agency, but like... I was going to say, holes. yeah. They have holes on their offensive line they need to take care of. There's rumors about both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy being traded. Um, Javante Williams is coming off the knee injury... Yeah, their 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 running back room is just like people who you're kind of surprised are still on NFL rosters. Um, I mean, Draymond Jones was one of the big like pleasant surprises last year. He's a free agent and liking like anti Russell Wilson tweets, my guy. Um, <laughs> like it's just a really weird put together roster, and. I don't know what you're really adding at 68 and 69 that's going to help overcome that. Unless you, again, spend in free agency. Yeah, and I mean, that Russell Wilson contract is is not helping that ability to do so. Um, and the, and the, the free agent class isn't that good. I, I, again, I, I tend to think, I, I lean towards this not working out. That being said, I give it a 6.5 out of 10 because it still is Sean Payton. I give it a B. Okay. Sean Payton deserves the, 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 a bump. Like he he loses points because he they'd be traded for for me too and like you said they have no they don't have that much they don't have that much draft capital to 
to throw around, you know? Hey, hey, he's just waiting for Dennis Allen to get fired, for Mickey Loomis to get fired. He's bringing, it's, imagine it's a good what point. Mickey Loomis is going to do when he's got Jokic. <laughs> okay, well, now you got me sold. He'll probably trade Jamal Murray for a franchise quarterback. <laughs> All right, you want you want to move on to the Houston Texans? Yeah, so we talk about every year, Rob. Well, it's 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 the annual Houston Texans head coaching uh, carousel report. Yeah, this uh, th- this is the first time I'm, I'm happy. They did it. They for as slimy as it was, what they did the last two years, uh, I think they got it right this year. Yeah, so uh, obviously, first day to get the preacher Jack Easter beat out of the building. Um, they hire former NFL linebacker, specifically Texans captain D'Amico Ryans as their head coach, who he's been the 49ers DC the last two years. Um, so that's that feels like Nick Casario's first real hire because, again, Easter B, I think, just had too much control. Casario has been GM since 2021 after spending 20 years with the Patriots. Um, I think D'Amico Ryans offensive coordinator hire is really exciting mm-hmm. bobby slowick who comes over from the 49ers where he's passing game coordinator um he's he'd been with the 49ers uh since 2017 he got his start in the league with mike shanahan so obviously a double shanahan disciple <laughs> was that um, pff between those two yeah w- worked at pff <laughs> uh but yeah so he's bringing the kyle shanahan offense to houston uh, this is obviously a long-term rebuild. Yeah. But but it seems like you've got that CEO type at head coach. You've you've got the the guy who runs the right offense with the the, the disciple of the right coaches uh, as your OC. Your DC is Matt Burke, who was the Cardinals D line coach last year. Uh, he was the Dolphins DC a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. He's a very interesting person. I'm I'm excited to see how he and, and D'Amico Ryan's kind of mesh together. Yeah, that, it's I felt that was an interesting hire. Again, I don't think it's as important because you know D'Amico's running that defense, but that was very interesting that that Ryan's just didn't poach a guy from like I know he did for the OC, but didn't poach one of his guys off off that staff in in San Fran. Um, so very interesting, but uh, less less important to uh, than Slowick, but. Uh, yeah, I'm on Slowick. I I'm pretty optimistic. Like. A guy, you know, who uh, the double shanty, <laughs> the double shanty tree. I obviously did a, did a really good job with that passing game last year, uh, as much as he had a hand in it. Um, but I, I don't know. I just trust Ryan's, like you know, bring him over. He knows what he can do. You know, he he was on the practice field with him every single day, right? Um, I, I'm pretty optimistic about that. And uh, another team retaining their special teams coordinator, Frank Ross, of course, safest uh, position in the league right now. They also hired Gerard Johnson as their QB coach, which I think is really interesting. I love Gerard Johnson. Who, he was the Vikings assistant QB coach last year. Uh, the former Texas A&M quarterback. He, he was a, he, he kind of, while well, he was bouncing around football, he was also a quarterback trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was, uh, he, he did the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship with the 49ers, too. So he, he uh, kind of, I, I think, spent, he spent a year with Slowick there. Um, I think that's a really, really interesting hire. Um, and, and they hired Lane Kiffin's little brother, Chris Kiffin, as their D or the, as their linebacker coach, baby. Um, but no, ultimately, I, I, this is a really fun team. 
They have the second and twelfth pick. They have twelve picks. They have like a roster of depth almost. <laughs> Obvious, <laughs> obviously, um, they have they have like premier guys at at some spots. Like we saw. Okay, no doubt, Larry Tunsil is one of the best tackles <laughs> yeah, in the league. Yes, but we saw some good out of Kenyon Green last year uh, at left guard. Damian Pierce was one of the best uh, day mm-hmm. three picks of the whole draft. Um, Jalen Petrie, for as many missed tackles as he had, he was one of the best defensive rookies last year. Exactly. Derek Sting, when Derek Stingley was healthy, he was good, and I think it's being overshadowed by the fact of how good Sauce and Tariq Willem were. The, but the, yeah. That's another huge building block. Christian Harris, I thought, had his moments. Uh, Definitely. Especially, especially the last like, three or four games of the season. Like, There's some pieces, and then when you have the second and the 12th pick, you're, you're hoping to get Bryce Young, I presume, because I think Bryce Young will cook in this Shanny offense. Um, I know his, he's obviously an outlier with that size, but just he is, to me, he's clearly the quarterback one because of uh, the processing, the poise. Um, and, and the the playmaking point guard ability, yeah, uh, the improvisational skills. I still can't say that word. Um, <laughs> and then at, at twelve, you can either continue to add to that offensive line, or you go and get to Miko Ryan's a dog, like we did in our uh, mock draft. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think the the reason why uh, not the reason not not just you know Demico Ryan's is a great defensive coordinator and he deserves a head coaching job, but like. With Ryan's and I hope potentially with Bryce Young, I I think it just feels like the Texans are gonna have that shot in the arm that they haven't had in so long. Like I I feel like this is this this is gonna be a turning point for the franchise, getting that potential franchise quarterback. But like like just gonna reinvigorate so much about this franchise and and, and you know the, the the way the fans feel like hiring a guy who played for your for your NFL team. Doesn't happen very often, and a guy that was you know awesome, you know one defensive rookie of the year, uh, loved Amico Ryan's, and and has proved it as a coach. Like, I think it's gonna work. I think this is it. I think this is all gonna work out. I think I think Bryce Young's gonna got that if factor when he comes in, if it is him. I just yeah, I, and they got the capital. Like you said, it, the yeah. roster isn't as bad as it looks. You know. Well, when given the context that this is, I think a, a long term rebuild. You've you've got depth pieces but also young guys uh to build around with your five top 75 picks yeah I, if they if they hit this draft right this rebuild can go a lot quick like i'm not saying super bowl or anything but uh this rebuild can go a lot faster than i think i think people might think yeah like let's say at second let's say they get their quarterback whoever it may be hopefully it's first young at 12 they get one of these pass rushers um obviously D'Amico ryan's coming over from the 49ers where they they just have so much talent on the defensive line. Yeah. Uh, and that pass rusher won't be forced to, like, hit the ground running immediately because they do have Jerry Hughes. They do have Jonathan Renard. Like, they have guys who can play, at least, and that's what you just want at this point. Then at 33 and 65 and 73, you can, you can add probably an offensive lineman, a pass catcher. To add to John Mechie, who basically mm-hmm. is a rookie this coming year, right? Like, it's like a bonus rookie pick. Yeah. Um, and maybe you get one of those tight ends in there too, like you yep. get a couple of playmakers. Although weirdly, Jordan Akins was really good this year. <laughs> yeah, but he's a free agent. That'd yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also already thirty, even though he's been in the league for two years. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think it can go like 
if Bryce Young or whatever quarterback is who they are supposed to be, like that, I think they can get to the playoffs in a few years if they hit everything else. And I don't, I don't think that's ridiculous. Agreed. Um, I give it an A plus. I give it an eight out of ten. Uh, a plus, I respect. Even though I just sounded way more optimistic, I give it an eight out of ten. <laughs> uh, yeah, you you didn't like that they retained the special teams coordinator, Frank Ross. No, I think they should have changed things up there. Um, going on to the Indianapolis Colts, our last head coaching hire, uh, they hired Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen, who spent the last two years calling call plays for Nick Casario. Before that, he was the Chargers OC during Justin Herbert's rookie year and uh, the Chargers QB coach before that. Um, obviously, Chris Ballard's been there since 2017. He was with the Chiefs, Chiefs before that. This this is definitely Ballard on his last legs. Well, maybe you know what's Jim say. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but it, it I, I seeing who they end up with a quarterback like is going to dictate how I feel. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, on paper, I like the hire of Shane Steichen, but I need to see which quarterback they go with. Obviously, Steichen having a huge hand in in, in running in 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 kind of developing Jalen Hurts and. And having Justin Herbert dominate as a rookie, like, that's exciting. Um, but maybe if they're taking Will Levisette with the one, I don't feel great. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not, like, 100% sure on Shane Steichen. Like, I still want to see him. I, I, I don't know if he's proven yet. Like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not shitting on this hire. I think it's... Way but, better than what it could have been. Which yeah, is, yeah. Jim Mercer is a PR genius. He is. He is so smart. Um, um, but like, I, I know he was calling plays and like was there in Philly. But he had an offensive minded head coach. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he technically in 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 with the Chargers in twenty twenty two, but like twenty twenty as well. I should say. Um, and I, I like the OC hire. I think it's gonna. I think that's gonna work. But yeah, like you said, it's if it's Will Levis, I, I don't. I don't know. And if that's Ursay's call, I'm not sure. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and I mean, they hired Jim Bob Cooter as the OC. He was the Jags pass game coordinator last year. Um, people remember him as the Lions OC from 2016 to 2018. Um, I love Jim Bob Cooter because of the name mainly, but I still think he's a pretty good OC. So, so seeing who's calling plays between them will mm-hmm. also be interesting. They haven't committed to retaining Gus Bradley, but worth noting that Gus Bradley and Shane Steichen did overlap uh, with the Chargers, so they do yeah. have a history. Um, I I tend to think they'll probably retain him. It sounds like it, but uh, yeah, we haven't seen too much yet. And uh, it sounds like their special teams coordinator Bubba Ventrone's going to leave for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, but weird, they hired Tom Manning as their tight ends coach, who was the Iowa State OC for Matt Campbell. I thought that was interesting. And then they hired DeAndre Smith, who was the Giants running back coach, which feels like another good hire, especially for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, um, but again, every everything about this just depends on what happens with that with that fourth pick, which quarterback they end up taking. Um, I think a lot of us feel like if anyone's going to pull the trigger on Will Levis, it would be a team run by Jim Irsay. Will Levis does fit kind of what Chris Ballard and Shane Steichen have had at the quarterback position. Which yeah, is big quarterbacks, big strong quarterbacks. Right, like Ballard hasn't had a quarterback under two hundred and twenty pounds, under six three. Steichen had Jalen Hurts, who's one of the 
strongest quarterbacks in the league, Justin Herbert, who's six six, yeah, tallest quarterback in the league, I think. Um, and so it just doesn't totally. I don't know. As as much as Jim Irsey continues to tweet about things, I don't know that Bryce Young would be this team would be the team to uh, be okay with Bryce Young's outlier size. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I. <laughs> All signs are pointing towards Will Levis, and let me ask you this: Like, what do you what do you put the percentage at that it's not going to be a quarterback? Like, is it just like, uh, is it zero? Is it non-zero? Like, how low? Like, it just I know I know Ursa's already tipping their hand, and Ballard's throwing him side eye. But like, is there? I mean, there is a situation in which a team trades up to one, drafts a quarterback, the Texans take a quarterback, and the team trades with the Cardinals to hop the Colts for a quarterback. Yeah. And then this this Colts team doesn't take that fourth quarterback. Yeah, and I almost wonder if they're better off in just having a stinky year and playing their hands at the next year's class. I don't know um, if they're. If they're but <laughs> but at the same time, it, it feels like man, they've done they've they've pushed they off drafting the quarterback two yeah. years in a row under Chris no. Ballard, and it feels like for Chris Ballard, his his job security is going to be tied he, to drafting abso- that quarterback. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think. I think this team comes away with a quarterback, even if they're trading up for one. Um, and it, it sounds like Will Levis right now. Um, all signs point to it. Yeah, I, I know it does. It does. I mean, as it should be though. Like as you're saying that, like the way you feel about this hire is going to be tied to their to their first pick, and that's going to be a quarterback. Like why? Of course, it's going to be. You know what I mean? Um, and, and they have eight eight draft picks. Um, three in the top eighty. Uh, Assume they go quarterback at four. At 35, I mean, they could go receiver. They could yep. go offensive line. They, I mean, they could, they have more players on their defense. So I, I tend to think if you're going quarterback at four, probably at 35, I'm coming back and either getting uh, an offensive lineman, uh, specifically a guard, or it's, a, a playmaker. It's a roster that really, like, looked promising and then just really fell apart and like i if you're ballard i don't know exactly what you think of this roster top to bottom obviously it's your fingerprints all, all over the place right like you you put this entire roster together um so like, i don't i don't know what you feel yeah but i i agree there are like that offensive line looked like the best in the league not long ago and now it's it's almost in shambles i mean it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be a very interesting year for the colts and i feel like the colts haven't been that interesting in, in a few years so uh, like you said earlier, at least this could be fun. I think. Who uh, or what did you grade it? I gave it a seven, seven, and I'll, I'll give it a seven and a half. See, it's hard because if they take Will Levis, I feel like it's a C plus. But if they yeah. end up with, let's say, C.J. Stroud, then I, I feel like it's a B plus. Yeah. So uh, I think I'll I'll go B. Okay, that's fair. Uh, finally, moving on to the Tennessee Titans, who obviously. Fired John Robinson, their GM, mid-season. Um, Mike Vrabel and him seem to have differences. Mike Vrabel held the power. He's been the head coach since 2018. Uh, they've gone 48 and 34 in his five seasons at the helm. They went and hired 49ers director of player personnel, Rain Carthen, uh, who'd been with the 49ers since 2017. Before that, he was with Les Snead in the Rams. Mm-hmm. This felt like a slam dunk hire to me. Um, they also seem to be retaining Ryan Cowden, who was the interim GM while John Robinson was uh, out of a job. 
I, I, I thought this was a, a great move for kind of a team that doesn't want to have to be in a rebuild, especially yeah. when they play in the AFC South, when Mike Vrabel's proven he can he can will this team to playoff wins. And yeah. I feel like Rand Carthen, like his where he came from and what this team offers, it just make it, it was a good fit. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, like, I, you know, it never felt like it, it was going back to, you know, Robinson and, and Vrabel not tied in together, you know, and it really never felt like they, they meshed. And then obviously it came to a head this year. And it was surprising when they got rid of him. But um, I think it, it makes sense just because they were clashing so much. And I I totally agree. I think Carthen is a, is a great hire. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see the, you know, the, the, the power alignment in Tennessee and like just how much of the save goes to Vrabel or how much they're just gonna let Carthen kind of run with the talent acquisition portion of it, right? Um, but yeah, I, I think I think I think Carthen is is a great hire and I think he he's gonna go and I agree, like just like the the, the mentality of this franchise and like let's just keep running it back as long as Derrick Henry's got wheels on him. I, I think a lot of this makes sense. Uh, they also, I should mention, they hired Tim Kelly as their new OC. Yeah. He was uh, their passing game coordinator last year. Before that, he was the Titans OC. Remember, he and Pep Hamilton got more out of Davis Mills as a rookie than anyone expected. Yeah. A sneaky, sneaky, solid ad. Also, they hired Charles Ludden as their passing game coordinator and QB coach from the Falcons. And uh, Justin Uten, Outen. Uh, as a run game coordinator, running back coach from the Broncos, who he was the OC for the Broncos. Um, so I, I thought those were two kind of experienced good hires mm-hmm. to add, uh, along with Tim Kelly. Um, but yeah, seeing how Carthen and Vrabel mesh and, and seeing how they attack this NFL draft will be really interesting. Not a ton of picks, just six. Uh, of all the teams we've talked about, though, I think uh, the the team you're thinking most likely has a shot to, to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, picking at 11, it really feels like they, they go offensive line, especially when giving Carthen came from the 49ers where they had Trent Williams, who they, they made a money move to get, and, and, and Mike McGlinchey, who they spent a top 10 pick on. I think he was the yeah. overall pick. Yeah, he was. Um, no, I, I totally agree. I think I think that makes the most sense. I wasn't. We've heard like light rumblings about them being a sneaky team, uh, being aggressive for a quarterback, which would be really interesting. Um, I, I don't see it mainly because I feel like one when Ryan Tannehill is healthy, he's a top fifteen quarterback in this league. Maybe fifteen, exactly. Yeah. Um, but more just because I feel like Mike Vrabel doesn't want that. I agree with you. I agree with you. Like, and and, and I think Mike Vrabel loves Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I think so too. Like, like, look at again. I think maybe Vrabel wasn't a big Malik Willis fan, but that being said, we saw them start a rookie quarterback a few times this year, and like, look how much they pulled that offense back. You know, and like, that could be saying something about the player, but I, I think that also says a lot about their mentality. And when it mattered most, they went with a veteran off the streets and Josh Dobbs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I, I just feel like. Again, like you said, they're going to try and run this thing back until Derrick Henry's wheels fall off. And I, I think that means going offensive line. And, yeah. and, and Especially when Taylor Luan just can't stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, Nate Davis is a free agent. Like, the only, I think, guaranteed 
guys starting on this offensive line that started this past year, Ben Jones at center and Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, who's a rookie last year, a right tackle. And so I, I think if you're you're picking 11, I mean, I think the dream is Peter Skronsky because that just gives you the versatility to play mm-hmm. wherever you feel fits best. Mm-hmm. But if Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones is there, I, I don't think they'll be yeah. able to help themselves. I, I totally – it's not even, not even able to help themselves. I think it's a smart thing. It, it, no, I think it's the, the right move too. Yeah. yeah all day. Um, and then they pick again at 41 and 72 – and and the, the, I think you got to get a receiver with one of those two picks. Yeah, I mean, hey, hey, hey Traylon Burks coming back healthy, Kyle Phillips coming back healthy. Uh, you just got to get your third guy. Um, especially when you look at it, because like again, not only not only uh, emphasized by the fact they're in the AFC South, which is just winnable by anyone each year, but. At the start of this year, they looked good despite all the injuries they were dealing with, right? Yeah. Like, they lost Harold Landry before the season started. Yeah. Danigo Autry's playing out of his mind. Jeff Simmons is one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL. Um, you you have guys you've spent draft capital on all over your secondary. Yeah. That's why I, I think they're going to they, – or they, they should go offensive linemen and then either – if there's a receiver they like at 41 or at 72, right? And, like, coming, again, coming from the 49ers where uh, they drafted Debo Samuel on day two. They drafted Brandon Ayuk in the first round. They, they found George Kittle in the in the fifth round. Well, this mm-hmm. team found this team found their George Kittle. <laughs> yeah, baby. Ch- Chico Conquo. But, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, so to me, I think that's kind of the move. You go offensive line, receiver, and then maybe if there's – there might be another that, offensive lineman. Yeah, like seriously, I think you have to you have to protect Ryan Tannehill. You yeah. have to build this offensive line back up if you're going to continue to run it back with Derrick Henry. You need to focus yep. on this offense because I think this defense once when it's healthy again, it's they, it's they good enough just, to compete in that division for sure. Yeah, like they, it was just the 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 issue with the defense last year was injuries and mm-hmm. youth more than anything else, not a lack of talent. Yeah, exactly. No, I I totally agree. I think easily they could go three of the top three picks on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think they should probably. Like, man, if, if they could go... Um, if they could go at, uh, let's say, 11, what, Paris Jones? Sure. Johnson, I mean? Johnson, yeah. I, I just, do you like I just combine the two? <laughs> that would be a special football player, Rob. Let's, let's look God. into that. What if they just said, let's keep getting an offensive lineman. Let's go Steve, big Steve Avila at 41. <laughs> that should be very on brand for them. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I like that Or, fit. I mean, at, at 41, Josh Downs. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then, then they come back in the 70s at 72. And, and hey, maybe, maybe they, if they don't go Josh Downs at 41, they get Jaden Reed. Or 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 if they, they decide to go offensive line here, maybe they get, uh, I don't know, Curtis or McClendon Curtis. Yeah, that keep, also keep him good in fit. state. He's a That's great perfect. Fit. He should be a tight end. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like they have a lot of fun kind of interesting ways to go two offensive linemen and a receiver with these three picks. You know what I like I I love that the tight ends have an identity and I think they're just going to stick with it. They're one of the few football like NFL teams that like have an identity, you know what I mean? Like feels like like in the NFL you just don't have that as much and it's good that they do and I, yeah, I think I think it's going to be another draft where they just lean into it offensively. Uh, I ended up giving the higher Fran Carthen uh, a. I'll give it a nine out of ten. Is that your highest one? I gave uh, Reich a nine out of ten. And the Panthers. Yeah. 
No tens, no perfect tens. It's hard to <laughs> It can't be perfect. Um, before we get out of here, there's a, a couple of marquee coordinator hires. I think there's I some ten. That, I think there's some ten out of tens in coordinator hires. Um, one of the kind of most eyebrow raising being the Commanders hiring uh, Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs yeah. OC, as their OC and assistant head coach. Um, I worry that's a sinking ship in Washington. It, it feels. I get the move from the enemy standpoint that he wants 100%. to get a Reed's shadow. It just feels like the he's he must have had other opportunities over the last few years. I, I would assume, um, and this feels like the weird one to latch on to. I don't know. I don't know. But again, if if he makes this offensive work, offensive work, he'll he should finally get that off uh, the head coaching job next or, year. Or I mean, maybe he thinks if Ron Rivera gets fired, I get to be the but, interim head coach, and I've got my yeah, chance to prove that yeah. I can do it. I mean, obviously, the Steve Wilkes situation doesn't help that uh, him having won so many games with a not I a just, good roster, yeah, and and still getting turned on, and he ultimately took the 49ers DC job. Yeah, yeah, he did. That's a good hire from the Niners. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that's a fascinating one. Um, I think the most exciting one is Ravens hiring yes. Kyle Munkin. That's a ten out of ten. I, I love that. I love that so much. Um, for Ravens fans complaining for years about Greg Roman, uh, to finally get to get someone like Todd Munkin, who I I know it's it's hard to be underrated when you've won back to back national championships, but I feel like Munkin's job there was underrated because he did a phenomenal job with stats embedded and company. Um, cause that offense was legit. It, the defense of course was the best in college football, but that offense was legit too. Um, and a man who knows how to get a lot out of tight ends, so that fits the, the Ravens, you know, to a T. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a, this is, this is a 10 out of 10 for me. I'm going to, it's gonna be super exciting to see when, you know, Lamar Jackson comes back. I think it's, it's a when, not an if, um, what, what he can get cooking, man. I'm going to rapid fire a couple more OCs and you can yeah. pick out who you want to talk about. Uh, Cowboys hire Brian Schottenheimer as OC. Rams no, thank hire, you. Rams hire Mike LaFleur as OC. Buccaneers hire your guy Dave Canales as OC. Yeah. Patriots hire Bill O'Brien as OC. And uh, Classic. The, Jets hire, the Jets hire Nathaniel Hackett as OC. And, and the Chargers hire Kellen Moore as OC. Kellen Moore is fun going to the Chargers. I don't know why they hired Hackett other than to learn Rodgers, which didn't work last year. I don't, I, I, I think LaFleur wanted to leave. I don't think that was a, you know, that was them moving on from him. I think he wanted out, but going to hack it, man. I don't know. It's just, again, if Aaron Rodgers is coming, all right, we'll see. But other than that, I don't know. Yeah. At least Mac Jones has a person who calls or has coached on the offensive side of the ball. It's a good point. Like it, it's so classic, but like it's, it's better than what they had last year. Like whatever. Yeah, I don't think it's exciting, but it is exciting in the fact that it was just so bad last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, defensive coordinators. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Ronaldo Hill bolted <laughs> from the Chargers DC <laughs> job for to be uh, the passing game coordinator on defense for Vic Fangio in Miami. It is and, interesting. And the Chargers ended up hiring Derek Ainsley as their DC. Uh, so two coordinator changes for Brandon Staley who's on the hot seat. Um, the Falcons hired Ryan Nielsen as their DC. Browns hired Jim Schwartz. Like I said, Niners hired Steve Wilkes. Uh, Dolphins hired Vic Fangio. Vikings hired Brian Flores. Saints hired Joe Woods. Uh, and that wraps up the DCs. It's it's kind of crazy how much coordinator movement this there was this offseason. Like that feels like the highlight, to be honest. Uh, I think too, it's the fact that it's like known names. Right? Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's not like a bunch of uh, uh, of guys you don't like. 
We know Jim Schwartz. We know Steve Wilkes. We know Vic Fangio. Brian yeah. Flores, of course. Brian yeah. Flores is my favorite one. Uh, yeah, me too. I think Flores is a is a ten out of ten. I love the Vic Fangio hire for the Dolphins too. I think that makes a lot of sense. I feel like those are those are slam dunks. Um, but yeah, Flores Flores is the top one. I, I love that he's he's right back and getting a chance to to, to coordinate a defense again. Um, he should have just went straight to a DC job. I, I think just because the whole situation is the reason he wasn't. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like the, the the head coaching names are kind of like, eh, this year, other than, I guess, Peyton coming back, but I don't know, it's kind of, it's still boring to me. The the coordinator names moving around is a lot of fun, and, yeah, I, I think that's what's going to, like, it's, it's going to shape the NFL landscape more than these head coaches are, you know? And still a couple more to be filled. The Eagles have to hire an OC and a DC, and the Chiefs have to technically hire an OC, but yeah. it sounds like Matt Nagy's going to slide right in. Yeah, baby. That's a 10 out of 10 for me. Well, as long as the Eagles hire Brian Johnson as their OC, who's their QB coach, who was yeah. on the cover of college football yeah. like 07 when he was the Utah QB, that's that will make me happy. Yes, that will be great. I um, can't wait till he's a head coach. What do you? Th- <laughs> that's a good call. What do you think of the odds that Nagy can can uh, wiggle his way to another job somewhere? After no, after? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I mean, I mean, none for for goodness' sake. <laughs> Does have a coach of the year award though? There, you don't. That's all I got to say on that. 